Welcome to The Good Life with Danny Yamashiro. The Good Life Hawaii radio show is a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries, a division of Jesus Christ is Calling You. Contact Danny on Facebook and Twitter or visit him at www.thegoodlifehawaii.org. And now, experience the good life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome to The Good Life, where we offer hope in the face of life's challenges by providing encouragement with inspirational stories to share. How is God bringing hope and strength to families after the Maui fires that devastated Lahaina? Ever wonder if God can use all your life experiences for good? This is the story of David Yamashiro Jr. As a reminder, in the beginning here, we pause to remind you the reason we have the Good Life program is to share how the love of Christ, the love of Jesus, makes a difference in the lives of people. I'm talking about the love of Jesus so strong that he died on the cross for your sins and mine. He was buried, yes, but three days later he rose again from the grave offering God's hope. Hope that David knows so well. Hope that we share together. David and Ululani Yamashiro started their Ululani's Hawaiian shave ice journey in Lahaina, Maui. It happened in December of 2008. Their Lahaina shops have been the foundation of their success. Most of the West Side staff there on Maui were born and raised in Lahaina and have given the business many good years of their lives, from the first shave ice to the last, served on August 7th, 2023. They have delivered Countless memorable experiences as a team. On Tuesday, August 8th, the employees of Ululani's and all Lahaina residents suffered an unprecedented and horrendous wildfire that devastated the town. They lost their homes, schools, churches, and everything they own, and in some cases, Loved ones. David Yamashiro has been featured on Good Morning America. He's been seen and heard throughout the UK, in Texas, and through podcasts across the nation and around the world. He joins us today. David Yamashiro Jr. is my older brother. I call him Junior. Junior, welcome to our show. Thank you, Danny, and aloha to all listeners. Where were you when you heard about the fires in Lahaina? Well, we were actually, Ulu and myself, we were actually in Kula um, when the fires started. There was a fire earlier in the morning, but uh, that was deemed... 100% controlled. So we were at home and we're dealing with a fire that was in Kula, very close by to where we live as well. Um, So we were at at home. 
as you heard the news, as you knew the fires were nearby, but also getting word of what was happening in Lahaina, literally feeling the wind, perhaps even the heat, what did you feel on the outset? It's uh, pretty difficult because for one, the wind was horrendous. Uh, even the day before, Ulu had actually commented that she had never heard wind uh, to the degree that she heard it. Um, but the winds on the 8th were 65 to 75 um, miles per hour, which is extremely strong. Um, the devastation from the wind alone is what prevented us from opening on that day. Um, but again, it was uh, traumatic. So you speak about trauma, and yet at the same time, not fully realizing the extent of the damage that would happen, what what was the effect of the fires on Ululani's Hawaiian shave ice? Well, actually, I probably should take it back a little. So we were supposed to open on that day, but because of the windstorm, the fire, excuse me, the electricity was out in Lahaina. So there was no power there. I had a team of our employees uh, ready to open our main shop. Um, but as the time to open neared, normally the guards opened a, a blockade that is there, the gates, um, at 10 o'clock. We open at 10.30. But because the roofs were blown off of two buildings in our courtyard, uh, they did not open um, the courtyard up, which made my decision very easy for us not to open our shop on that day. So we sent everyone home. Um, the impact of what it would have been like if we were open, I, I can only imagine. But due to the power being out, a lot of the businesses on Front Street, a lot of the restaurants, they couldn't open either. So the impact while it was still devastating would have been even worse uh, had the power been on and the fire occur when, every, when the streets are full. You talk about the, the potential devastation and we have seen video footage of what actually took place, uh, the horrendous Nature. It, it really feels in some ways, and I've said this a number of times, like a, like a modern-day Pompeii or Mount Vesuvius. What was the effect on the business, Ululani's, along with the great loss that other businesses and families experienced? The impact of our business was minuscule in comparison to what our employees, the surrounding residents that lived in the immediate area, uh, the businesses that had owners that live, you know, whether or not it's upstairs or behind uh, their businesses, 
So what we encountered by losing two shops and our warehouse um, in Lahaina, again, is nothing. The loss of life that occurred, fortunately for us, um, after five days, we were able to account for all of our employees. But prior to that, communication was completely out. All the cell towers were down, electricity was down. So the impact for us as a business, yes, we lost two shops. Yes, we couldn't open our Lahaina businesses anymore. Um, but we still had four other businesses on Maui. Uh, the loss that the employees and the residents are going through is not only the loss of their homes, the loss of everything that they owned, the loss of some of their vehicles, but also all that they knew, all that they, all of their things that grew, they grew up knowing. The memories are just memories at this point. Um, in addition to that, because so many businesses were destroyed or devastated, they now don't have jobs either. So you lose everything, you lose your job, literally. The, the climb out of this is going to be extremely difficult. You talk about the climb coming out of this. You describe the impact on employees and their families, and it is a snapshot of, of what has and is being experienced on a daily basis by many hard to even put into words, but you speak about a, a vision for the future, climbing out. When we talk about immediate needs of people, what were they? And let's press a little further with a possible midterm or long-term view from there. What do you see? Well, the immediate needs um, were you know, basic necessities, uh, shelter, every, the, everyone there lost their shelter, food uh, became a necessity, clothing, uh, toiletries, basic essentials uh, for living, medication, uh, things that people had in their homes and all of a sudden they're without transportation. Uh, could have been bicycles, could have been a skateboard. Um, of course, their cars, many of those were destroyed as well. So the immediate needs when the fire happened and, and the aftermath were to get people housed and shelters were put up. Um, food, there were a lot of in, in the very beginning, FEMA and the Red Cross were not there. And yet at the same time, Lahaina and the West Side was shut off from the rest of Maui, from the rest of the world. Transportation in and out of Lahaina, and there's two ways in and out. Um, the main way going in is a one way, one lane in and one lane out. Um, on the backside, it's really, there's different um, segments where there's only one, it's a one lane road 
for both going in both directions. Um, so you'd literally have to stop and let the car go before you could um, go yourself in the opposite direction. But with no cell phone access, no electricity, um, food also became an issue. But I have to commend Maui sprang into action. Those that could went. And a lot of them were going when access out there was it was inaccessible. But you know, a lot of the chefs, um, a lot of people with incredible hearts, and they found ways to get food to the people that needed it. Um, our team alone, um, we have a utility team um, and, uh, and our warehouse and operations manager. We managed to get two trucks out there um, on the second day and we were able to take ice, so supplies, necessities to our some of our employees. Um, and in the same time, we're able to drop some things off to others that were in need. But, you know, at that point, it was really the goal was to get help to our employees. And we were able to get two trucks in and out of there um, for two successive days, which was a big relief uh, for them. So when we're talking about having no place to stay, then going to a shelter, uh, not knowing where you're going to get supplies or um, how you're going to move forward and beyond. At the same time, while you're contemplating and deliberating on that, not knowing where your loved ones were, not knowing where your friends, your family uh, members are, uh, whether or not they were safe. You couldn't go into the town of Lahaina. Um, and you couldn't contact them because because of the no communication with the cell towers down. So now you're, and then you don't know the status of anything. Um, so you're in the completely in the dark. We on the other side of Maui, we had the news. Um, we were able to see what was going on through whatever it was that they were conveying on the news, and the devastation. <clears throat> that we saw was incredible. Um, and, and, you know, the rest of the world saw everything that was on the news. Um, but even that belies or did not convey the true devastation that was going on. Um, I have a number of different friends that were there, were there uh, the day after, the, the moments that the fires were going on. And they were there. One of them actually got his family to safety and then went back in there four or five different times to help others and were able to bring some of them out to safety. But all around him, when he was doing that, he was taking people out of the water, helping people um, out of town. Um, but there were there was death um, and people burning and and just total de destruction happening around him, but yet he still pushed on, and that's one person. And there's others that were uh, that I know, and that was fleeing and and 
trying to get their family to safety, but at the same time, stopping to help others. There's uh, one of the people that we were helping, one of their families, they were trying to get their uh, keiki and, uh, to safety. Um, but this older lady that was incapacitated or unable to help herself was calling for help. And she, uh, she stopped to help them um, at the risk of their own lives. Uh, and Kekoa, who I mentioned earlier, who went back to help others as he's, as he's taking people in and out, there's people that are dying around him and burning. Uh, so I can only imagine, I cannot imagine what that was like. I've been through a lot in my life, but nothing, you know. As you think about the, can, can we think about the mid, the mid-term view and the long-term view. Take us further. What do you see the needs? What will they be? What will some of the challenges be that we have to overcome? So, that people in Lahaina have to overcome. So, on, so the short-term side, which you know, for the most part, a lot of them have now received help, but it was a long time in coming. Uh, some of the help didn't come till eight, nine days after. Some it didn't come for two weeks. Some are still waiting for the help to come. And we're referring to uh, housing, you know, being able to get housing that uh, you can sleep in a safe environment, you know, and get comfortable where you have food prov provided for you and where you have clothes and toiletries and and basic necessities that um, you know that that are needed but when you go beyond that the needs are so much greater you know once the red cross and fema leaves we're talking about now you needing to find your own housing and you're going to need to pay your first month's rent. You're going to need to pay um, a security deposit. Then you're going to, whether or not it's a furnished or unfurnished place, you're going to need to get furnishings, uh, beds, beddings, toiletries. Uh, you're going to need Pots, pans, dishes, silverware. What is you know, food, What is Ululani's doing to help facilitate that in the mid and potentially long term assistance needed? Well, we started a GoFundMe page, and it's um, under GoFundMe Ululani's Lahaina Fire. And uh, we set an initial goal of 150,000, um, which we had reached. But once reaching it, we realized that a lot of that was just really to give people a head start immediately after the devastation. So we've already put out um, about $120,000 
Um, and a lot of that came in the form of us, well, we immediately went on and we got supplies. We probably spent, I'm going to say five to $10,000 getting supplies, uh, basic toiletries, food, you know, canned foods and things, uh, diapers, um, whatever it was that we, um, underwear, underwear was in, in demand, um, you know, if you can imagine only having one underwear, the one you were wearing, and when all of this happened, um, that was uh, something that was needed. But in addition to that, we were, uh, we handed out immediately, we handed out uh, gift cards in the amount of it, anywhere from $500 to $3,000, $5,000. Uh, and that was really just to get them going. When they, we handed a lot of those out in the very beginning, they couldn't get in and out of Lahaina anyway, or in and out of the West Side. So uh, a lot of those, the supplies that were there, um, after a while, got used up. But once they could get back um, to the town side where we're located, and we were able to give them checks for larger amounts, um, and a lot of that varied depending on how long they had been with us, you know, um, whether or not they were full-time, part-time mm -hmm. yeah, employees. So anyway, now going forward, um, for those that do have housing, we're trying to find out what their needs and what their situation is like. So on one occasion, uh, we had a few of our employees that were students. Because of what happened, the fires, they couldn't go to school right away, but they lost everything that they owned as well. So when they were finally able to leave and go to school, they were going without, you know, without any any money or hardly any clothes. They literally were going to have to, they were going to school um, without a means of really going in a way that they could actually make it comfortably. <laughs> so we were able to, able to provide between uh, three and $5,000 uh, to those that were leaving. Uh, and there's another employee that we had that we gave her an option of, we had already given her a few thousand dollars, <laughs> but we gave her the option of getting some money up front, um, but we would withhold a, uh, we would withhold five thousand of it, and we'd give her four, and she asked if she could have the full amount because every Sunday they were meeting with the other family members uh, that she had that were impacted by by the fire, and what her hope was was if she could get the nine thousand dollars that we ultimately provided for her, <clears throat> that she could pass out. Well, divided up amongst her other other family members that lost their homes as well. Uh, so the the impact of now you have to also keep in mind that while we're doing this and while we're providing these funds to our employees, the government at that at certain points they were they had provided seven hundred dollars 
uh, per family, or I don't know if it was per family or per person, uh, $700 for what was, was what was provided to them. And we're talking even as far as two to three weeks out. Uh, um, and we were able to provide thousands of dollars uh, where um, when the need was at its greatest. You can and, you find know, out, you can share as you do. And the important thing is that you are there, you're with feet on the ground, you are releasing resources. If you're watching or listening or hearing this today, you can find out more at Ululani's Hawaiian You can connect to the to the GoFundMe page, you have the opportunity then, then to give, to participate. This is targeted giving for those that are employees. And also there's an extension even beyond that to uh, select others that Ulani and, and David are passing resources on to. But they have a long-term view on this. Again, Ululani's Hawaiian Shave Ice Dot com. We're going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, we'll talk more uh, of some of the backstory of how did Ululani's begin, the uniqueness of Ululani's, and even more so, what was it like for this vision to emerge, and for such a time as this? You see, Ululani was born and raised in Kalihi, on Oahu. She had her husband, David, from Moanalua both grew up eating Oahu's finest shave ice. This is where their appreciation for ono or delicious and finely shaved Hawaiian shave ice began. They got married. Ulu said, I crave for shave ice while they were in the Pacific Northwest. I'm going to start a shop one day. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Wandering the road of desperate life Namelessly beneath the barren sky Leave it to me do you have a need that you'd like prayer for? We have a dedicated prayer team who prays for and encourages everyone who needs encouragement. Visit thegoodlifewithdanny.com. Use the Contact Us page to send us your prayer request. May God bless you. We've been blessed by many of you that have told us how the Good Life Radio Show has made a difference in your lives how you've shared our free podcast with family and friends from thegoodlifewithdanny.com. Others have connected on Facebook and Twitter. This is made possible through our corporate sponsors. Thank you to Dr. Jeffrey K. Miyazawa of Windward Family Dentistry, Michael Beasley of Kayani, Fran Valarmia Kahavai of Lighthouse Realty, Chinin and Arinaga Financial Group Incorporated, A1 Electrician, and orthopedic surgeon Dr. Calvin Oishi. To find out how to become a corporate sponsor, click Partners at TheGoodLifeWithDanny.com. The Good Life with Danny Radio Show, Hawaii's only local inspirational Christian talk show on 99.5 The Word, weekdays at 2 p.m. and midnight, providing opportunities to connect family and friends with Jesus Christ. Listening to The Good Life with Danny Yamashiro. The Good Life Hawaii radio show is a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries, 
a division of Jesus Christ is calling you. Contact Danny on Facebook and Twitter or visit him at www.thegoodlifehawaii.org. Now, let's rejoin Danny and his special so guests. So David and Ululani Yamashiro are living in the Pacific Northwest. A desire grows to one day open a shave ice shop. That's the vision of Ululani. In 2003, Ululani took some 401k money and purchased her first shave ice machine. Business grew in the Pacific Northwest while serving shave ice at parties and community events. In 2008, wanting to be closer to her mother, Velma, Ululani yearned to return home. David spoke to his younger sister, Iolani, and a decision was made to move back to Hawaii and live on Maui. That December, Ulu and David and Brad Edgerton, David's best friend Janice's husband, opened their first brick-and-mortar shop in Lahaina. In 2023, the Maui fires devastated Lahaina, and the shops there in Lahaina were decimated, including a warehouse. There is a backstory to every story. There's a backstory to your story. There are things that others may never know about you or know very little. And when you go through times in life when you experience challenges that surprise you, catch you off guard, put you on your heels, as it were, how do you respond? How do you turn those moments into moments that can make a difference in people's lives? In what way does God come and lift you up? How does God bring people into your life so that you also might be a blessing to others? This is a story of David Yamashiro Jr. and his wife, Ulu. David is my older brother. I call him Jr. known him like that all my life. There is a story. I did mention, Jr., I mentioned Moana Lua. What was it like for you growing up there in this special alcove, we might say, of Honolulu, growing up in Moanalua? Good question. Um, Moanalua for me, again, obviously that's where, where we grew up, <clears throat> but it was really in... The, my younger years that, that we were there. So, you know, we grew up, you know, up, up a hill and we'd have to, to go to Moanaloa Park, we'd have to walk through a graveyard, go down the hill, and then we'd be at Moanaloa Park at the streams. Um, and it was a special place. It's also where I played, you know, Little League Baseball, uh, Moanaloa Pop Warner, we actually were practicing at Fern Park, but it was called Moanaloa. Our team was Moanaloa. Um, but obviously from our elementary years to our intermediate and middle school years and through high school, that was home. And 
you know, while that was home, I did spend a lot of time um, with friends from Kali. And, you know, that, that was a big um, piece of how I grew up was spending time with them. And a lot of them were from the housing projects. In those early years, we trace back, what would you say or who would you say influenced you most during that time? It's, that's a really tough question because obviously there's multiple people that uh, play a big part in your life. And obviously coaches that I've had um, have had a strong influence. But in terms of the person that made the, the biggest impact on me, and a lot of it was very subtle and through example, was my dad, was dad. And the things that dad always preached to us was uh, keep God first. Um, He preached to be humble and to live within your means. And it's funny, I mean, I don't know whether or not any one of those three things uh, resonated with me strong enough for me to live that type of life, you know, growing up, um, being humble, going to Ilani school that reemphasized that because being humble is a really big piece of playing sports there. Um, living within your means, and that was always something that I had a challenge with. And putting God first, I do believe God has always been first, but you know, again, when you're growing up, I I was always very antsy. So for me to sit still in church, and that was very very challenging for me. Um, and it's always been a struggle to go to church every week, uh, till this day. Um, but I do believe in Jesus. Uh, I do believe in God. Um, Dad has done a really good job uh, with pointing that out and living it. We talk about your background. You mentioned dad, his influence, his example, his words. Here you are today, the owner of Ululani's Hawaiian Shave Ice, and you're, you're on Maui, and the devastating fires come. Why do you believe God has you, would have you and Ulu on Maui at such a time like this? Uh, Well, this leading up to the fires, in getting our, our business started there on Maui and in Lahaina in particular, the that story in itself is, is a remarkable one. Um, what happened was in 2008, um, in August, 
we went every year we would go back to Oahu um, and a lot of the time it was spent with Ulu's family and Ulu's mom. And every year when we'd come back, she would always say, ah, I miss my mom, I miss my family, I want to move back home. And every year I'd manage to pacify her for a few weeks until it no, was no longer at the forefront of her thoughts. Um, but in 2008, when we went back there in August, uh, when we came back home to the Pacific Northwest, Ulu again mentioned that she wanted to come back uh, home and spend and just be closer to mom. So I could see that there was a difference in her desire to come home at that time. So we thought about it, um, actually prayed about it, and she would always throw it out there to God. Uh, God, if uh, going back to Hawaii is what you want, please give my, give me a sign. And she would be praying this. Please give her a sign. And not only that, but please let her know uh, what you want us to do, what you want her to do. And... It's funny, but every time she had that prayer or put that prayer out, uh, she would always say, God, you're gonna have to hit me in the head with it. Um, it's gonna have to be so obvious what your what your message is. And you know, we were driving, we were caravanning up to Spokane, Washington. And in the caravan were different cars, carloads of families and players and one of the girls had to use the bathroom. Uh, so the caravan pulls into this one remote um, strip mall that's covered with trees uh, leading to it. And when we get to the, Ulu had just said that prayer. And when we just pull into the parking area, in the middle of the parking area is this huge shave ice. Um, it's a huge shave ice building in the shape of a shave ice. Um, and again, how much more obvious could, could that be? Uh, but it was a continual uh, path that every time she would make a prayer to that degree, either Hawaii or shave ice would pop up. I mean, we're talking about immediately, within one or two minutes, something pertaining to Hawaii or shave ice would pop up. So that's the journey. Then, then we went home and we finally made the decision that we're going to go back to Hawaii. And then next we're talking about opening a, you know, what business? I was in fine dining at the time, in mortgages, she was in retail. Um, and you know, she makes the prayer. And anyway, our sister, Dan, Danny's sister and mine, Iolani, um, calls me and says, Junior, why don't you guys come to Maui? Um, and we, we were never even thinking about Maui. And she says, there's no, there's not that much shave ice competition here. And, and I can live with her for free. So those were all things that you know, we were looking for, 
that we're challenged with. So when Ulu went online right away and she looked for a place to stay uh, or a place to open business up, and she found this one location in Lahaina. And it was tiny. It was only a 65-square-foot shop, but it was cute. It really was. It was a dessert shop already, a frozen dessert shop. So the next day, she flew out to Lahaina and signed the lease. And we moved to Maui. Literally, I moved to Maui the day after Thanksgiving in 2008. And we've been there since. What were the beginnings like? Share about... What was it like to get Ululani's original shave ice into the hands of people and then contrast that to the five-star ratings on Yelp and TripAdvisor? Talk about that growth. It was crazy. Um, again, we're talking about a 65-square-foot shop. We're talking December 2008, so we're talking right in the middle of the recession, there were empty buildings and businesses next to us across the street, uh, all over the place. And the nobody wanted shave ice, you know. No, everyone was used to shave ice being, I'm going to call it a, like a snow cone, at least for the businesses that were there at the time. And, you know, in the very beginning, the, I would say the first two weeks, I would be standing on the sidewalk. So not only was there a shop, a, six, a 65 square foot shop, but it was also about 20 to 30 feet off of the sidewalk. So we're in a little courtyard area. Um, so nobody could see us. Signage was always an issue in Lahaina. Um, and I'd stand on the sidewalk and pretty much try to talk people into trying our shave ice. Uh, and there were days that I'd be there from 10 in the morning till 12 o'clock at night. And we'd serve 15, maybe 20 shave ice at the most. Uh, and we're talking about, you know, 12 hours, 14 hours at times, and only serving 15 to 20 shave ice. It could be very discouraging to some. And it was but I couldn't convey that to Brad and Ulu. I had to remain positive, and, uh, but slowly, uh, through the grace of God, uh, you know, more and more people started coming. And um, then, of course, social media was just happening at the time as well. Uh, so the word got out. The word got out that you know, our shave list was really good. And the the reviews and the feedback that we had from people were part of the reason why our product is the way that it is today. Um, because we listened to every review that came in, every suggestion, we made changes. We did things to improve. But the one thing that was always a constant was our product was good and our customer service was better. Our customer service, there were companies that would come to Maui and they would view our, and, and we were a focal point of some of the seminars that people were talking about. I remember there was a real estate seminar that was going on and they were, their question to, and their message 
was how can this one Shevite shop, this small tiny Shevite shop, how can they be five-star rated by Yelp, TripAdvisor, and now, now Google, of course, uh, and have thousands of reviews, the five-star average, and it being a Shevite product? Because at that time, we were also categorized as a restaurant, and we were considered to be the best restaurant in the United States. And we all know that that's you know pretty crazy because we're a dessert shop and such a far cry away from a fine dining restaurant or a restaurant that has so many different facets of it, whether or not it's you know the cooks, the food, the hostess greeting, all of that. But we were able to ascend to a five-star average. Um, to today, well, or before the fire, our, that one Lahaina shop, while it was a different building, we were serving a thousand shavites per day. And, you know, that's that's a lot of uh, shavites that we're uh, serving, but it's it's not just shavites that we're serving, it's it's aloha, it's a piece of us. Every shavites that we serve, every facet of it is thought out, it's intentional. Um, and the experiences and the memories that we create are really the focal point of who we are uh, because we do deliver an unmatched um, Shave Ice experience. It is an unmatched experience indeed. It is a beautiful experience. It is a beautiful product. The colors, the, the flavors, uh, 100% cane sugar, uh, the 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 flavors. Uh, talk a bit about the flavors when we come back from our break, some of the unique qualities of it. And then I want to circle back to Maui today, Lahaina, maybe a word to tourists. And in these last moments, perhaps a word of encouragement for someone on Maui, someone that's listening today, maybe in Hawaii, maybe in one of the 50 states, maybe somewhere around the world who's going through a difficult time. Perhaps we could share in a time of prayer to encourage this dear one who shares in this time with us, listens. You're listening to David Yamashiro Jr. He is co-owner of Ululani's Hawaiian Shave Ice along with his wife, Ululani, and Brad Edgerton. Ululani's has reached a five-star rating first in Maui to reach a thousand on Yelp and TripAdvisor. Ululani's Hawaiian Shave Stay with us. We'll be right back. Wandering the road of desperate life, aimlessly beneath the barren sky. Leave it to me. I lead you home. Never miss our daily episodes on our podcast in iTunes. Just search for The Good Life Hawaii in iTunes or your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really helps promote the program and we love hearing from our listeners. We've been blessed by many of you that have told us how The Good Life Radio Show has made a difference in your lives, how you've shared our free podcast with family and friends from The Good Life with Danny.com. Others have connected on Facebook and Twitter. This is made possible through our corporate sponsors. 
thank you to Dr. Jeffrey K. Miyazawa of Windward Family Dentistry, Michael Beasley of Kayani, Fran Valarmia Kahavai of Lighthouse Realty, Chinin and Arinaga Financial Group Incorporated, A1 Electrician, and orthopedic surgeon Dr. Calvin Oishi. To find out how to become a corporate sponsor, click Partners at TheGoodLifeWithDanny.com. The Good Life with Danny Radio Show, Hawaii's only local inspirational Christian talk show on 99.5 The Word, weekdays at 2 p.m. and midnight, providing opportunities to connect family and friends with Jesus Christ. Listening to The Good Life with Danny Yamashiro. The Good Life Hawaii Radio Show is a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries, a division of Jesus Christ is Calling You. Contact Danny on Facebook and Twitter or visit him at www.thegoodlifehawaii.org. Now, let's rejoin Danny and his special guest. Today, guests. Ululani's Hawaiian Shave Ice Shops are in Kahului, Kihei, Mawilani, Paia. Kailua Kona, Hollywood, California, Stockton, California, and Round Rock, Texas, and growing. The franchise opportunities are growing. The locations are expanding. And this special treat, this experience, is being shared with more and more people across the country and around the world. Ululani's HawaiianShaveIce.com. David Yamashiro Jr. joins us today. My older brother, I call him Junior. Junior, say a, a, a bit about the flavors of Ululani's and maybe Rose Lani's and the gourmet experience. Uh, so regarding our flavors, um, our flavors are our recipes. Our flavors are designed to our palate, to our taste buds. And it's more of a hit you in your mouth um, flavor. We, we want you to know what you're eating and not be confused uh, you know, by a different flavor profile that you may experience with other. Uh, and in terms of the gourmet experience, we use premium ingredients. So pure cane sugar, fruit purees, um, gourmet concentrates. Uh, you know, we use Rosalani's uh, gourmet ice cream. They have three different tiers of ice cream. They have an economy tier, a premium tier, and a gourmet tier. And we use the gourmet tier. We also make our own mochi, uh, make our own toasted coconut. Um, a lot of what we serve is it's gourmet in every way. Um, so, you know, on that part, uh, it's a, it's a deliverable that we have that um, in addition to that, it's the fineness of our shave. Uh, our goal from the very beginning was to replicate the shave that Wyola's had. Um, growing up, all of us, everyone knew that Wyola had the finest shave anywhere. Uh, so for us, in order for us to elevate to a standard that was going to be on par um, with the best, we had to reach that. Um, but Aside from our shave, our flavors are phenomenal. And but what elevates our product 
is the aloha tood or the aloha with gratitude and that we serve it with. Um, it's instrumental and it's a foundational piece of who we are. And I had the privilege of seeing that, of course, experiencing that on, on Maui, here uh, on Oahu, okay. and but also seeing that in Round Rock, Texas, and the lines that kept growing and the people kept coming. Many have some connections to Hawaii. Some grew up in Hawaii. Others actually learned about it from visiting Maui years ago or a few years ago. But there's a connection to the islands and your idea, the characterization of aloha-tude, you, uh, dear Junior, you embody that. Circling back to this crisis moment on Maui, a word to tourists, what would you say? Uh, Maui is in a challenging part right now. Maybe not all of Maui, but business owners, for sure, and businesses. Um, right now, we need tourists to come back. We need tourism. We need you to buy your ticket and come to Maui because uh, one of the after effects of the fire was the fact that tourism was discouraged. And in fact, a lot of the tourists that were on island were highly encouraged to leave or to go to another uh, another island and finish off their stay there while incoming tourists were discouraged to come as well. As a result, it wasn't only the businesses that were lost in the fire, um, but the surrounding businesses in all different parts of Maui that wound up suffering as well. And with that suffering comes the suffering of the individuals that work at each of the businesses that have either slowed down to a trickle or some of them that actually had to close because of a lack of business. This is a timely word. So, so actually, let me finish off. So our, my message to you is please come and we need you to come. But we also need you to be respectful and not go to Lahaina um, during this period. Uh, Lahaina is still grieving. There's a lot of people there that are still missing loved ones. Um, and visit Maui, but please respect and honor and stay away from Lahaina at this point in time. Thank you for explaining that. And you, you speak with a, a tenderness. People can hear it. People that know you know the, the, the warmth of your heart and your love for people. Someone today may be struggling in their own life. They've, they're experiencing figuratively uh, their own fires, their own horrendous moments. In some instances, it might be indescribable. Would you say a, a, a prayer, just a prayer of maybe blessing and prayer of healing that the Lord may touch them as we wrap our show today, please? Sure. Dear Jesus, dear Father in heaven, just thank you very, very much for this opportunity uh, to be on the show with Danny. And just thank you for this platform to reach and convey 
um, messages of hope to those that are suffering in Lahaina and those that are listening and just let them know that what, what they've heard and the message that hopefully was conveyed was one of love and one of understanding and compassion and just knowing that what, what people are going through that went through the fires and for those of you that are not there but are wherever you're at, that your heart is touched and that you feel the grace of God um, through this show and through this message and just thank you for this time, this moment. Um, and just thank you, Danny. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you so much, Junior. Dear one, heartfelt words from David Yamashiro. Ululani's HawaiianShaveice.com. Find their GoFundMe page there. Share this podcast with a friend or family member. My friend, God's timing is perfect. And there's no better time than right now to share the love of Christ with someone near you. And if you haven't done so, look, this might be that perfect moment for you to open your heart to Jesus. Go to thegoodlifewithdanny.com for next steps and resources to share. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or other podcast platforms. James 3.13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life with deeds done and the humility that comes through wisdom. It's always a blessing to be with you. Thank you to David Yamashiro Jr., Ululani's HawaiianShaveIce.com. Until next time, along with my technical producer, Chaz Ontai, social media director, Luke Yamashiro, and guest coordinator, Jan Yi. I'm Danny Yamashiro. Remember, there is always hope in Jesus as you share his love with someone today. Thank you for listening in on today's broadcast of The Good Life with host Danny Yamashiro. We hope that today's program has been a blessing for you. The Good Life radio program is listener supported and we'd like to encourage you to pray about becoming a sponsor or donor. Your support makes it possible for us to continue to minister to God's people through The Good Life. To become a sponsor or to make a donation, please visit thegoodlifehawaii.org. That's thegoodlifehawaii.org. And may God richly bless you with The Good Life.